Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. It's up. Welcome into Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Happy Friday, April 21st, 2023. He's Zach Berry at Zach underscore Berry. He also writes for the Old Miss Spirit, OldMissSpirit.com. And the field of on three. Hey, buddy. What's up? How we doing? Good. How are you? Well, you know, Ben, it's the day after 420, so I'm just really struggling. So. Oh, good grief. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Did you I'm celebrate 420? No. Uh no, no, no. Um, be cooler if you did. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I did see a guy uh, at the gym yesterday who showed up just on brand as hell. He showed up late for class, had like a tie-dye sweatshirt on, and, I mean, just looks every bit as just, you know, your typical stoner. And, like, his eyes were barely open, and, like, everybody was just cracking up. You know what? Sounds like he had a good day. I, do your thing, man. I ain't hating. I just do not partake. But um, I, I'm. How much longer will it be, Ben? When will the national tragedy end that 420 is not a, a federal holiday? In 2044. <laughs> so when they figure yeah. out. Oh, we can tax this and make yeah. billions. Yeah, it's all about uh, that money, man. Including an NIL, <laughs> and uh, we talk mostly about recruiting when we do podcasts together. That wasn't a great segue, but. We have to get back on the rails. This is pretty we... good. Yeah, it's all right. It's not bad. Um, and Ole Miss landed yesterday. Jackson State transfer wide receiver Shane Hooks. What was your uh, reaction to that? We both kind of expected it. It's one we've been teasing both on the board and in podcasts, previous podcast appearances, but now it's happened. What's kind of the evaluation mm-hmm. for you? Uh, initially, um, super productive. Call it what it is. He played in the SWAC, but um, a – Uber productive wide out for Deion Sanders. He was the go-to guy for uh, Shador Sanders in that offense and um, led the team in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Uh, someone asked me for like a quick scouting report on the board. I watch his, the, the little bit of film that I've seen and just the highlight reel stuff. Reminds me a lot of Malik Heath. I think it's just like the build and kind of this, the way he controls his body in one-on-one situations has that game breaking ability that we saw Malik Heath eventually harness and really grab a hold of towards the end of last year. And he became essentially the go-to guy for Jackson Dart because Jonathan Mingo was kind of up and down with the injuries, but Malik Heath was, was pretty steady Eddie. That's kind of who I see in Shane hooks, um, big physical guy. Um, every bit of six, four, six, five North of 200 pounds, I think that this is going to be uh, an excellent second window addition for an offense that we talked about earlier in the week. 
there's a lot to like in that wide receiver room. You've got the mainstays in Dayton Wade and, and Jordan Watkins, and then you've got a couple guys that have been in the system. They're kind of looking for their breakout moment. Um, but if you can add somebody like this late in the cycle, in the quote-unquote portal cycle, I, I don't hate it at all. I, again, just a, you know, he could be used as a red zone guy, um, has a uh, a knack for the acrobatic, the the sports center top 10, if you will. He, he made some some eye-popping catches a year ago for Jackson State, but I like it. Uh, I think that um, once he gets in the room, gets to work with Derek Nix, Lane Kiffin, and the rest of the offensive staff, I think they're going to find a way to to utilize the skill set. The basic tenet of roster building is just get good players, but it does make the room rather crowded in wide receivers. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I like to think, and, he, and look, I, I don't even think it's me thinking this. He's literally said it. Kiffin has said, you know, hey, this is like this is like NFL roster building. Like I have to put the best players out there to win games. That is my job. Um, you know, he's said his, you know, I don't know if he said this direct quote or exact quote, but he's hinted at it. Like, you know, hey man, like this is this is my job. This is my career. I don't I I can't worry about people's feelings. I I am hired, like I was hired by Keith Carter. I got a contract extension to win football games. So he has to find the best players and I don't really think that I think most fans first thought is okay. Well, they got Shane hook. So that means so-and-so is leaving or so-and-so is probably getting in the portal or so-and-so isn't good enough. I don't, sometimes, you know, both can be true, but I think this is more leaning towards like, Hey, this is just a good player. They like him and they think that he fits into what they do. Um, And look, you've seen Ole Miss do this at multiple positions offensively running back, they could do it at quarterback this year and certainly at receiver. And then now with tight end, they got multiple talented guys in that tight end room. They're going to play a lot of bodies. They want to go fast. They want to rotate in and out, keep people fresh so they can stay on, on pace and um, can maintain that, that quick offense and, and, you know, kind of when they can strike when somebody's on their heels, cause they're going to run the football. We know they're going to give it to number four, but um, they're going to take their shots. And I think that he's a guy that can take the top off the defense and, and be a mismatch in one-on-one uh, situations with smaller corners. I'm not saying this is the portal strategy for Lane Kiffin and his coaching staff, but I do think that they're loading up offensively, adding even more firepower to what I think is already a pretty crazy potential-wise um, offensive skill group. And defensively, when you got edges, which are the most precious commodity in the portal, everybody wants them, and – Cornerback like Braxton Myers gets in. You lost him. You lost Markevious Brown. Tywin Malone's in. Defensively, they already didn't have enough with those guys, not necessarily to be competitive. I think they have enough to be solid enough. Uh, but it, it's not a bad strategy if they're just loading up as much as they can because it's easier to get wide receivers. Just get as many good players offensively as you can, like get mm-hmm. having three quarterbacks with Jackson Dart and Spencer Sanders and Walker Howard and try to outscore teams. Now, every single game you're trying to outscore teams. But what I'm talking about here – is, hey, man, if we could average 44 a game, <laughs> you know, let's just do that. That might be the the most realistic path for them in 2023 to winning the most games. Because I just don't think in one more portal cycle they're going to be able to solve all of their defensive issues, even though I think they're going to be solid enough to win games and be competitive. And Pete Golding is a drastic improvement at defensive coordinator. It is not – and I'm, again, not saying this is the strategy, but if it were, it would make a lot of sense for 2023 specifically. Yeah, I uh, again, I just think this is airing on the side of they just just want talent. Get good, get good players. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, you, you have to have talent across the board, and I know that they, they need help on defense probably more so, but if there's a guy right there and he wants to play in the SEC, um, you know, the quote that I got was, you know, hey, it's on the biggest stage, and, you know, I feel like a new man. That's what Shane Hooks had to say. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I again, like, very productive, you know, conference that he did at NB Damned. Um, he still put up some big numbers. And uh, he's a talented guy that the staff felt like they should bring him in. So I think this is just adding another piece to a wide receiver room that is deep, is talented, but there's very little experience. You, you've got some guys over there that, uh, you know, a guy in Chris Marshall that's, you know, barely been playing football two years and is still pretty raw, but is just as talented as anyone can probably could potentially be the best out of all of them. Um, you've got a couple redshirt freshmen, um, you know, in their second year, Larry Simmons, Jeremiah Dillon, that could play a role. And then, you know, what's Braylon Brown going to do? He got, he got out of the portal. Is he going to stick? Is he going to stay? Is it his time? It, you know, the ceiling was always high with him, but he hasn't put it all together. Is, is this going to be the year when he does it? And then you've got your known commodities and Jordan Watkins and Dayton Wade, who played a lot of football last year and um, are going to be counted on heavily. So um, I, I like the strategy of just, hey, Get good players. Figure it out. It was good to get a commitment from a player that other schools wanted because double bad news over the last couple of days. Today, Isaiah Altry, the 2024 in-state offensive tackle that Ole Miss has been on forever, committed to Oklahoma. Uh, me and David Johnson talked about that yesterday. He said that this was coming. He was going to be committing to, to uh, Oklahoma. He came in for a visit last weekend. It was like the last-ditch effort for, for Ole Miss to potentially keep him from making this commitment today, and it wasn't enough. Um but then also yesterday with the news of Tywin Malone, Markevious Brown, followed up by Braxton Myers getting in. And that's one, again, been teasing it since late last week on the board, talking about Braxton Myers. This is something that could potentially happen. But now that it has happened, it's obvious if it wasn't already, and it was, but it's obvious they're going to add defensive backs, specifically cornerbacks in the second portal. Do we know what really candidates, though, that they're focusing on right now? Because I'm I, having a hard time. I hear some rumblings on some guys potentially, but nothing that makes me think they're close anywhere necessarily. Uh, I know I reported it yesterday. They're working on Anthony Campbell. Um, I know that I talked to some industry sources earlier today, some national guys that on three and um, kind of people elsewhere in the recruiting world. They expect there to be, you know, some kind of a, another big wave of, of portal entries. Um, I would assume that, you know, guys that had their spring game this past weekend, probably having some sit down with some sit downs with families, talking with coaching staffs, trying to figure out where they fall in the pecking order. And then there's a lot of spring games this weekend as well. So I think you're going to see, you know, that that's that's going to be the norm now. You know, guys, you know, compete all spring, play in the spring game, um, and and then they're going to make a decision. So um I think that they're certainly going to be patient and wait and see what comes their way in the portal. And um, cause look, I, I don't think this is like a disaster scenario by any means defensively. I think the pieces they currently have, they like, they feel good about like, I'm, this is not me saying Pete Golding thinks he's going to have a top 15 defense, but I think that they have guys they have enough to be competitive at all three levels. Well, yeah. yeah they need more depth. So I don't think this is like 
scrambling to find, you know, well, we don't have anyone that can play a three technique or we don't have any guy off the edge that we can count on. Like, I think they're just wanting to get, you know, kind of what we talked about just a second ago with, with the offense. Just got to get more talent. Just got to get more talented dudes that can run out there and play. So, um, yeah, another round of spring games this weekend. And then there's probably going to be more guys getting into the portal after that. So um, that's probably – you're probably going to see more guys get in, and then they're going to probably start to put out some feelers and try to figure it out. Yeah, that's one thing that needs to be noted here. Kids can get in up until May 11th. And as long as you get in up until then – you don't have to get out until you're ready. You could go all the way to June, July, August if you wanted to. You can stay in the portal as long as you want. That's why we, when we talk about guardrails on these shows. This is these are the kind of things that need to be considered here, because uh, you're going to see Ole Miss adding players well into the summer as well. So just because maybe there's not a ton of activity specifically at cornerback, which is now a glaring position of need for them, um, when you speak about depth, it, it might not happen right now. It might be a little while. Um, I think Anthony Campbell, like you mentioned, the edge from ULM, that's one that Ole Miss wants, but everybody wants him. Edges are the most precious commodity. So it makes sense, even though it doesn't, if this is rambling nonsense, makes any sense to any of you. Uh, it makes sense that Shane Hooks was the probably like the first commitment of what we expect to be five, six players added this portal cycle because offensive players, specifically wide receivers, um, they're pretty easy. They're much easier to get than these like, hot commodity positions defensively. So uh, they were going to just – they just want to add good players. And Shane Hooks is the first of what they hope to be a lot of good players in the second portal that could last a little bit a little bit in the summer, drag on, and, and maybe even a fall camp. We've seen that happen too. But as far as this weekend, is there anything notable that you're going to be keeping your eye on recruiting-wise? Um, Basketball-related, I would lean on keeping an eye on Austin Nunez and Tyler Perry. Uh, those two guys, uh, Nunez wrapped up a visit earlier this week, and then Tyler Perry arrived today for his official visit. There were some logistical issues there. He was supposed to arrive on Thursday, but he got in. I think there was an issue with his flight. He uh, he is in Oxford as we speak. Um, and then after that, uh, I mean, they're still putting feelers out for front court prospects. I wrote about Musa Cisse today. Um or I guess I wrote about it yesterday. It's it's out today on the site at omspirit.com. But um, you can read about that. Uh, you know, lost a lot of guys in the front court, both to graduation and the portal. They got to find a rim protector. They got to find someone who can generate some offense down low. I know that Chris Beard likes to be very position, you know, a lot of position versatility, guys that can move around and play a little bit of everything, but you got to have someone that can protect the rim. Um I don't think you can count on somebody like Rashad Marshall as a true freshman who's 6'8 to come in and do that. That's just a lot to ask. Now, no disrespect to Rashad Marshall. He's a talented guy, but that's a lot to ask a 17, 18-year-old to come in the SEC and do that. So I think that they're going to continue to plug um, plug away there and, and to try to find someone in the portal that can uh, be a difference maker on the defensive end. I think that's probably most important. Um, I don't think you're going to try to go get someone that's going to, you know, going to give you like 18 and 10. I mean, they just need someone who can, you know, really disrupt defensively, can block shots, rebound, you know, rim run, all of that stuff. They're, they're, they're not trying to find, you know, some guy that's going to, you know, sit on the low block and score. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that the, 
my opinion on what they're looking at from a guard perspective, you look at who they have brought in, Austin Nunez and Tyler Perry, both are guys that can really score. They can get their own buckets. They can put the ball on the floor and open things up for others. Um, I think that that's paramount for what they want to do with a guy like Matthew Morrell, kind of give him a little more freedom. He's not at, he's not being asked to be a ball dominant guard. He can kind of, you know, float around, get to his spots, hit jumpers, create. Um, and I think that both Nunez and Perry are guys that they can both shoot it. And I mean, they can shoot the hell out of it, but they can also create and open things up for others. Like, I think that's, that's going to be huge for someone like Jamin Brakefield, who really came into his own towards the end of the year, corner threes, you know, get into his spots off the elbow, little, you know, eight to 10 foot jumpers, uh, you know, that's kind of his game. Like he can, he can slash and do a little of this, a little of that, but he's not a banger. So I think that finding guards who can generate their own offense and, you know, get the pace going. Um, I think that that's what they're looking for. Yeah. Nunez is more of a featured player. He's, he's going to be a compliment offensively. He's still a developing player as far as what he's going to be for Ole Miss next year. Tyler Perry could be your leading scorer next year. And I think it's notable, first of all, that he's finally in town after expecting him last week. Then a bunch of stuff logistically happens. Supposed to come in middle of the week, and then now he's finally coming in. Um, canceled his Alabama visit. Those things are important. And if Ole Miss mm-hmm. lands him, this is the type of player when you're thinking about, oh, can Ole Miss really be an NCAA tournament team? Well, bringing back Jamin Brakefield and Matthew Morrell and even T.J. Caldwell by themselves um, is a good start for a team that really believes it can contend. Those Because those are good players that can, can really – contribute to winning basketball and you surround them with guys like Tyler Perry, who can be a lead guard and could go drop 30 in a game if he needs to uh, alongside him and Austin Nunes, who's a sharpshooter from three, you're now starting to see, uh, you know, the, the vision come, come into focus for what Chris Beard wants to do in his first roster. And and I think mm-hmm. like the, the big they're going to get is going to be super athletic. It won't just be about rim, protect, rim protection. I think a lot of what he wants is position versatility, which we've talked about before. And both of those guys, fit that so when we're speaking about the portal be it football or basketball the most um significant movement and headline grabbing movement we're going to see asap is going to be in basketball i think that's the most important thing this weekend yeah i agree um i think some anticipated a little more movement in the portal by now uh but but i also think i mean beard well, they did, and they did lose they did lose one they lost a big um a big target for them in Healy, who went. It was the transfer from Pittsburgh and committed to Oklahoma. Yeah. So that they, they did lose one. There has been a little, point. little out of left field. Um, I had talked with several people who anticipated him picking Ole Miss. I, if I had to guess, probably an NIL thing there. Um, I don't know that for a fact, but you know, comes down to that where a guy likes two different schools, then it's naturally going to get to that point where it's like, all right, what are you offering? What are you offering? Um, which, hey, that's the world we live in now. Can't knock it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, people anticipated there being a little bit more, a little bit more movement. I, Brandon Murray's a hell of a pickup. Um, it feels like forever when he committed, but I mean, he's certainly someone who will come in and play right away, in my opinion. Played a lot for Georgetown, scored a lot, and uh, another position versatile guy. And yeah, I, I think that they're kind of juggling both the portal for 
you know, instant impact, short-term gains, and then looking at long-term gains and, and recruiting 2024 high school guys. Um, you know, I wrote about it. They, they went and saw Liam McNeely uh, this week, who is a five-star plus forward at Montverde Academy in Florida, which is, you know, the probably the best high school basketball program right now. Um, that's a big one. Um, that's going to be I, I, long shots, what comes to mind, but you never know in recruiting. And Chris Beard has a previous relationship, or I guess a current relationship with him when he was at Texas. McNeely is a Texas guy. He's originally from Richardson, Texas. He transferred to play at, at Mount Verde for his final two years of high school. But um, there is a shot there. Um, I talked with on threes, Jamie Shaw this week. Um, dude knows everybody. He's talked with McNeely several times and he says, you know, Hey, I don't really know yet. Cause he's been, he's taking some visits. He's talking to some teams, um, you know, Indiana, uh, Michigan, Arkansas, Texas, um, everybody wants him, but he's not really tipping his hand or really in a hurry right now. Um, so for that, you're going to look to see, can Ole Miss get him on campus? Um, his big thing is he's big on education, but mostly he wants to go somewhere where he can get ready for the NBA. And Chris Beard has shown that he can do that. He did it at Texas tech, which is not a basketball power by any means. And he had a couple, he had a lottery pick and, uh, Jared Culver. And then he had, uh, a couple other, um, day one, day two guys that are, that are playing in the professional ranks now. And then he had a couple, uh, signed a couple of five stars when he was at Texas. So him being in the mix for a top 10 national prospect is is not crazy. Now, at Ole Miss, it is crazy because Ole Miss has never signed anybody that's been the seventh overall prospect in the country. But um, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility because Chris Beard is your head coach. So that's one thing if you want to keep a, you know, keep an ear to the ground for that. If they can get him to campus, that's going to change things drastically. Hi, this is Kevin Kessinger, former Ole Miss baseball player, son of Ole Miss Hall of Famer Don Kessinger, and dad to Ole Miss All-American shortstop Greg Kessinger, and your local community banker with BNA Bank. BNA Bank has invested 125 years in our communities, and we know the needs of North Mississippi businesses better than anyone. As a commercial lender with BNA Bank, my priority is Oxford, and I'd love to help you and your business with any lending needs. Visit www.bnabank.com to learn more. BNA Bank, local, invested, modern banking. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Ole Miss fans, the 2023 Ole Miss football season will be here before you know it. And season ticket renewals, it's time. They're due March 31st. Renew now by logging on to your account at OleMissTix.com. That's OleMissTix.com. Or by calling the Ole Miss ticket office at 662-915-7159. And excitement is building around Ole Miss basketball. And the Ole Miss ticket office is currently accepting new season ticket orders for men's and women's basketball. Current season ticket holders can renew starting July 1st. So go to OleMissTix.com. That's OleMissTix.com. Or call 662-915-7159. The car buying process can be a lot. I know. I've been there. You just want to get in and out with a new car and the best deal. Simple. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford keeps it simple. They're going to take care of you, get you in and out with your new vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell, and what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from any and all competitors is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. 
Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, basketball visitors on campus leads perfectly into the latest round of buy or sell. You ready? Let's do it. Idiot! Get back in there at once and sell, sell! All right, Zach, buy or sell. A commitment from one of Tyler Perry or Austin Nunes before the weekend is out. Ooh, um, because Nunes was in earlier this week, and I think that the proverbial claws are dug in deep there, um, not only from the previous recruitment in high school, but I think that um, Chris Beard went and met with his family, and then they hosted hosted them for an official visit. Um, I think all signs point to Ole Miss there. Uh, before the weekend is up, I'll buy that. Nunez was in town earlier this week, so you'd think that they give him ample amount of time to get a get an edit together or a video or something. But um, yeah, I'll buy it. I don't know how quickly Perry is going to decide, but yeah, I'll buy on on Nunez. Buy or sell Isaiah Autry, the 2024 offensive tackle, in-state offensive tackle, longtime Ole Miss target for this next class, commits to Oklahoma today, a big loss by herself for Ole Miss in the 2024 cycle. I'm going to slightly lean sell. I think there was a fit conundrum there. Um, he certainly has the length, but the the girth, the, the thickness with two Cs is still yet to be determined. He's a little lean. Um, so I think there was a question on, will he be able to you know, fit a right tackle or a left tackle of the future type type mold and then you know you know is he going to be big enough to play guard at the next level um 
So I I don't think that was like an well, Ole Miss passed on him. Like I don't think it, I don't think that was the case because they brought him in last weekend. Um, also, you were having a kind of battle. They just you know new offensive line coach. He was having to get to know John Garrison. Um, Jake Thornton's at, at Auburn now, so there was that that they had to to deal with. And uh, you know Autry's got family ties to Oklahoma. Um, he is um, I want to say second cousins possibly with Marcus Dupree. Um, so that potentially played a role, you know, maybe he just wants to, you know, do that whole thing. I'm sure he talked with Marcus Dupree about Oklahoma and, and, and Norman and all that, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know for a fact if Ole Miss is moving on or if they're still going to pursue him, but that was my take on it. Like I hadn't talked, I haven't talked with anyone, but that was my take was, um, maybe he's kind of a tweener and maybe they want to evaluate how he looks as a senior and in some camp settings down the road. Two new portal targets for Chris Beard and Ole Miss men's basketball. Devin Smith from Georgia Tech. UTEP transfer big, Zarek Anyama, six foot eight forward, averaged 7.1 points per game, 4.4 rebounds last season. He's got upcoming visits to Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, Texas Tech, and Texas. Buy or sell Anyama or Devin Smith as the bigger portal target? I would lean Anyama because of the position. Right. I don't know if Davon now they've just reached out. There there hasn't been any kind of visit set up yet. Um, so that remains to be seen. I would lean on Yama because he plays front court. Um, I, I think they kind of have their sights set on the guards that they want. Um, and then I honestly think Brandon Murray is capable of playing some two guard as well. Um, so I would imagine they're gonna go for a guy like Onyama who is a athletic wing power forward type. Um, I did see the Porter report on Twitter um, said that he will visit uh, Vanderbilt next week. And then Texas tech Ole Miss in Texas, I would say early odds are on Texas. He did play for uh, Rodney Terry when he was on staff at, um, at UTEP. So that is something to, to keep an eye on there. Um, he was the head coach there before leaving to join Chris Beard's staff. So could be something there. He's originally um, from El Paso, but he played high school in San Antonio. So, um, but, you, you know, hey, Chris Beard's got ties to Texas as well. So um, I would lean on him being the one that they're more closely monitoring. Buy or sell. The next portal addition for Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss football will come on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, yeah, I'll buy that. A known commodity like Anthony Campbell, um, or it could just be somebody out of left field that um, you know they've been working behind the scenes that's not yet in the portal. We'll have to see after this weekend. I, I would imagine this time next week the portal will be the portal pool will be much larger. I think there's going to be a lot more names in the portal. Because guys are, again, like I said, they're going to play in their spring game. They're going to see where they stand on the depth chart, and they're not going to be happy, and they're going to want to go somewhere else. So, And then also, we talked about it um, on our show earlier in the week. I, I do wonder, is Kiffin going to try to roll the dice and just say screw it and try to get a an interconference transfer? There's been a couple guys from Alabama that have gotten in the portal that Pete Golding recruited. Uh, are they going to try to do that? I, look, I, I don't know at this point how much – power or how much you know teeth the NCAA has left so will they push the envelope on that well that remains to be seen but uh yeah I I think that 
right now Kiffin is probably more focused on recruiting guys in the 24 class, looking towards seeing who gets in the portal and then going from there. First pitch for tonight's series opener with LSU, the number one team in the country for Ole Miss baseball, has been pushed back to 8.30 Central time due to weather. I would guess that eventually that becomes a Saturday doubleheader, but don't hold me to that. Buy or sell a huge weekend in Oxford, not just LSU coming into town. Morgan Wallen's in town too. Buy or sell, Ole Miss takes two of three from LSU and gets the season back to a little bit of at least a little bit of some hope. Uh, sell. <laughs> you said two of three, correct? Two of three, yeah. Yeah, they're I'm not, not saying a sweep. Okay. No, no, no. They might get one. It's not mm-hmm. going to be tonight because Hunter Elliott's coming back on Saturday. Come on. No? Maybe that. Maybe that's the one they get. The NCAA today, or will soon approve, it should say, a significant change to the college football game clock rules, according to CBS. Clocks will now continue to run after first downs. Buy or sell, this is a good thing for college football. Uh, yeah, I think so. Games are way too long. Way too long. Speed it up. I want uniformity. I, I, we we both technically have to work on Saturdays, and with children, that sucks. So please speed it up. Oh, I don't care. If my job is covering football, I'm doing okay. I I, I'm I know. I'm, I'm not right. complaining. I'm just saying if you can speed it up, I would not hate that. I'm just saying that it's more aesthetically pleasing. The NFL is more aesthetically pleasing than college football, yeah. which stops all the time. Yes, I'm a fan. Yeah, I'm buying that. That's all. It's been a Friday edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Zach Barry at Zach underscore Barry. We're both right for the Old Miss Spirit, OldMissSpirit.com, and a food of on three. Anything special planned for the weekend? I'm uh, gonna play some golf tomorrow. Gonna have a nice have a nice Saturday. Get out there with seven other idiots and we're gonna bang the ball around and drink some some cold water sandwiches and have a day. Maybe that's all Ole Miss needs to bag a commitment. You to be out of pocket. Let's <laughs> say I do. Like right. if I'm if I'm if I'm in a if I'm in a car driving longer than two hours, that usually happens. Um if I am on location somewhere and you know in an Uber, it'll happen. Uh, so yeah, maybe, maybe that'll be the case. I'll just turn my phone off when I'm in the golf cart and boom, instant recruiting momentum. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, dude. See ya.